All right, before I get to my next guest, Rob Strano, I want to give a shout out to our friends over at Positive Vibes Golf. You can find them online at PositiveVibesGolf.com and follow them on Twitter at PVibesGolf. Their head covers and putter covers are a unique way to keep your mind focused on positive thoughts because they're a great on-course training aid because they help you stay positive by putting positive, happy images in your mind. Every time you walk back to your golf bag and you look at your head covers, you're going to put a smile on your face. I say all of that by going online to PositiveVibesGolf.com and give them a follow on Twitter at PVibesGolf. And folks, this segment of the show is sponsored by our friends over at the PGA Tour Superstore. This segment of the show is brought to you by the PGA Tour Superstore. See why golfers everywhere are proud to call PGA Tour Superstore their golf pro shop. Visit them online at PGATourSuperstore.com. Now back to Chris and more of the show. All right, now back in making his eighth appearance with me here on the French Lick Resort guest line is Rob Strano. Let me remind you about Rob's background. He's from St. Louis, Missouri. As a junior player in the St. Louis District, Rob won the individual low-stroke average trophy and the individual total points trophy in 1981. He was a three-time All-Southwestern Conference and two-time All-Area player in high school, played his college golf at Centenary College in Louisiana. He played out on the PGA nationwide in Hooters NGA Tour for 15 years, winning five times. He's now one of the top instructors in the game for both kids and adults. He is annually recognized by U.S. Kids as one of their top instructors. Plus, he's one of the few teachers teaching the game to deaf children. You've probably seen Rob on the Golf Channel Golf Academy, where he's a lead instructor, and on his TV show, The Golf Kingdom, which is outstanding. You can watch it online by downloading the Roku or the Amazon Fire app. And I'm very excited that Rob is back with me again tonight here on Next on the Tee. Hey, Rob, how are you, my friend? I'm doing great, Chris, and I've got two words for you, two words only to start this. You ready? I'm ready. Are listeners ready? Everybody ready? Two words. Adam Scott. Adam Scott. Adam can you believe, Scott. Can you believe golf? Is it any better <laughs> in golf when, I mean, anybody can win. Adam has been quiet for so long, a great player, and the kick to click goes out and wins at a, at a storied venue like Riviera. How awesome is this great game? Because you never know. You just don't ever know when a guy's going to get it and get on a roll or just all of a sudden Adam Scott wins and, you know, and we're talking about him again. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, Robin, and I was talking with Jonathan Yarwood at the top of the show about how uh, golf is cyclical. He was talking about, you know, you know, we were talking a little bit about Jordan Spieth, about how things are going really well. And then things start to not go so well. Then things go poorly. And then they come back around to playing well again. And uh, that's sort of been a couple of different versions of Adam Scott, right? We've seen Adam go through this a couple of different times now. Yeah. And, he, you know, he was, a, he was a, a top 10, top 20 player in the world forever. And then kind of lost his way. And like you said, he got, he started struggling with getting quick, needed to calm his move down a little bit. And, you know, and boom, you know, it, it's just a game that a tour player knows. They're one something away from being right there and winning. And I tell people that are always asking me about playing fantasy golf and who to pick and who's a long shot. I say this. When you're picking a player for this coming week, go back to last week's tournament. So go back to Riviera. Look at the cut line scores and find someone who missed the cut and look at their last nine holes they played and find the guy who shot 31 in his last nine and missed the cut. Or maybe birdied four of the last five, because you know what happened? Figured it out. 
and now he's chomping at the bit to peg it this week and get going. So either he started to trust what his coach was telling him, or he finally said, you know what, I'm going to just do what my coach is telling me and see what happens. And all of a sudden, he trusted it, and all of a sudden, wham, away he went. Now he's dying to stick a tee in the ground on Thursday morning, and he's going to have those jitters because he knows he's got a chance. So, Rob, that that begs a couple of things, right? I mean, you talk about someone starting to trust what their coach had been telling them, which leads part partially into the mental side of the game. So for me, when like you know, and, and I had the privilege of spending some time with you last summer out of Kelly Plantation, and you took a look at my swing, and and you gave me some tips, and and I started, you know, ah, that doesn't feel right. That that's different. But you know, as I have continued to practice and loading up on my right side, and then coming back to my left side and getting through that, it just made a, a marked difference in how I strike the golf ball. So talk about trying to work with a player like me or you know any of your students that you work with where you've really started to change some things and then it takes a little while and it finally does start to click in and then the mental piece starts to believe in it and how much of a difference that makes in our golf. That's a great question. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to twist it just a little and I'm going to dispel a myth from taking a lesson or improving your game. And the myth is you hear this all the time. I'm going to get worse before I get better. That yeah. myth right there hinders the trust component of making an improvement. Because if you're working with a top coach and they know what they're doing, you know, we, we've got all these expensive launch monitors that we use. I'm a FlyScope Advisory Board member. I've been with them for a long time. And we've got these expensive launch monitors. But we all have an inexpensive one. It's called the golf ball. The golf ball won't lie to you. And I tell my players, the right thing will make the ball fly better. I'm about to give you the first right thing. And your job is to do what I ask you to do. Because if you don't do what I ask you to do and do what you're doing right now, you're going to get the same result. If you do what I ask you to do, you're going to find the ball flies better. So that then it's easy to trust because you know that if you do what I want you to do, you're going to get a better outcome. If you do in between, it'll be a little better. Do what you're doing. You'll have the same outcome you had when you showed up. Now what you got to do is get your head to your head to flip the switch and go. You know what? I've hit five or six shots here in a row, doing what Rob asked me to do, and dang, that ball isn't hooking like it used to. It's it's a soft drop. It may not be the the the, the height we want or the, the solid you know compression we want yet, but we've cleaned up a, a big hook or a big flight, and then you got to take it and trust it. And the golf ball, if you let it teach you trust, it'll help you understand that what you're being given makes you improve, and then it's your job to go, okay, brain, these are better, let's keep doing this. And that's how it transitions. I always loved as a player, when I went to work with my coach, of course, it was a different era. We didn't have the coach in there every week. We would wait until we were playing poorly to see our coach. So I always liked when I had something to work on that made the ball better, because I knew the next tournament, if I was working on it, and I did it, I may have been stuck in the rut of shooting 74s and 5s, but if I did this one thing we were working on, that ball's flying better, and that 74.5 is going to be 68 or 9. So, Rob, let's, let's talk a little bit about tips, right? Because one of the things that most of the country, and all of us don't get to live where you do there in Destin, Florida, so it's still pretty cold in the majority of the country, but we're starting to see signs of spring. You know, March isn't that far away, and when we think March, then we start to think Masters, and and uh, you know, golf and all of that sort of thing. But we've probably had our golf clubs and our golf swings in the closet for a few months now. 
So before we get out there and start making bad habits, do you have a, a recommendation for, for the for the people that are now starting to come out and come back to you, your students who may not have played for a while, to make sure that we, we get back at the, with the right fundamentals and we don't start off with bad habits? Okay, great question. And it's, a, it's an easy one, okay? Everybody that's listening, if you're using Roku or Amazon, go there and download a, a channel for my golf show, The Golf Kingdom. So Roku, Amazon, find The Golf Kingdom, download the show, Start watching my show. That's the way to get going on the right track. We got fun <laughs> stuff after you go on the right track. Right there. That's what you got to do to get started off right. Get with me on the Golf Kingdom. We'll have some fun helping your game. But one thing you want to do is start off, start off small. Go to the golf course. Hit some chip shots. Work on some pitch shots around the short game area. Hit some putts. Start with five footers, three footers, and just go out and say, you know what? I'm going to practice the short game. I want to rediscover where the bottom of my arc is with chips and pitches. I want to feel the ball in the face again and just start off doing that. We're in such a hurry to get out there and, and play and shoot a score that we forget that maybe just feeling the ball in the face again, getting our hands re-educated as to how the club feels on our hands is the more common sense way to do it to where we have success then as we build and maybe walk before we can run. And then go out there, you know, Go to the golf course the next time and take four clubs. Take all your short clubs and your putter. And then hit shots with your full swing. You know, the old adage, six digs a long ball. Yeah, that's true, but they don't dig the long ball that's in Mr. Haverkamp's backyard where he just took out his window because he never hit a driver <laughs> too much. <laughs> they, they don't dig that, that big, that big, you know, crop duster slice to the right that is, you know, 50 yards forward and 150 yards to the right. So build up to a full swing. Hit some short irons. If you have a successful practice hitting short irons with a full swing, next time you show up, add two more clubs and add two more clubs the next time. And then you're out there with your full bag and you've kind of incrementally got it going. All right. So let's let's take that to the next step. And and we talk about the importance of practicing your short game on the show a lot. And, and I love one of the tips that you did on the Golf Kingdom uh, where you were just a couple of feet off of the green, but the pin was way in the back, you had maybe 70 or 80 feet away. And many of us uh, are, are a one-club chipper. We grab that sand wedge, and we're going to use that sand wedge all the time instead of getting creative. What's a better option for us when we've got a lot of green to cover and uh, we want to get closer more consistently? Well, the best option is the first thought you should have. The first thought you should have when looking at any chip shot or pitch shot or scoring shot around the green is, it's, I call it the two E's, the little capital letter E. What's the easiest thing I can do that requires the least amount of effort? Easy and effort. So the shot you described, a 70, a shot from 70 feet away from just off the green, isn't your 60 degree wedge with a three quarter swing where you're flying it three quarters of the way. The easiest thing from six, seven feet off the green might be a nine iron where you bump it on the green and it, you actually hit the ball in the air about 10 feet, and it rolls 60 feet. That is the least amount of margin for error that you can play. Easy and requires very little effort. So the more effort and the bigger the swing, the more the margin for error comes in. And the more you bring in the opportunity to mishit it, flub it, and blade it, and just make a mess from right by the green. That's your, that's your, your, your short game component right there. When you're picking it, just ask yourself, What's the easiest thing I can do with the least amount of effort? Or flip it around and go, 
if I'm standing here and I'm watching Chris hit this shot, and Chris walks up with a lob wedge, he's taking a, a half backswing, he's going to fly a lob wedge 65 feet from five feet off the green and hope it stops itself right by the flag and doesn't go anywhere. I, am I going to say to him as my, my, maybe my best ball partner, hey, buddy, you know, this is pretty risky. Why don't you, you know, kind of knuckle a, a, a eight, eight iron over there, run it over there, and, you know, then, then if you get it close, you know, I've got a chance to make one too. You know, think about what you tell your buddies and see if it's contrary to what you're trying to do. Rob, another great tip that uh, I saw you share on the Golf Kingdom is um, if, if we've got a, a, a bush, maybe a, a hedge, a small tree, some sort of impediment, you know, shortly in front of our where our golf ball is, you know, sometimes we're guessing which club I need to hit in order to hit it high enough to get it over whatever it is. And then on to, you know, on towards the green. But you showed a, a really easy, speaking of easy, a really easy tip <laughs> for how we can determine the right angle and the right club. You mind sharing that one? I, I know it's, it is real easy. It's, it's kind of a visual, but I think I can, I think I can make it work on, 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 on our, on the show here is if you lay a golf club on the ground, so the, the face of the club is up at you, not face down. And you step on the face to where the face flattens against the crown, the shaft will rise and you can see exactly how the ball will launch or what angle it'll launch at. So if I've got a six, four degree wedge, let's say, and I step on it and flatten it on the ground, that thing is going to come really high off the ground. It will show you how the ball will launch. Whereas if I stand on a three iron, it's not going to come off the ground very much. So it's a real simple thing. And it's funny is, you know, in, in coaching, we think that, that, little thing there stepping on the club everybody's seen that everybody knows that's a thing to do but it's funny how many players will ask me questions and i'll go how do you not know that and i write in my little notepad to keep in my pocket do this on the golf kingdom because this player didn't know the answer and if this one doesn't know to do that there's another thousand or two thousand or ten thousand watching my tv show that are going to go wow i didn't know that that's really great so lay it on the ground step on it and see how much where it's through the shaft point up in the air. And if you do it next to the ball, you can go, okay, this club, if I hit it tall, we'll go over the bush or the little tree in front of me. Rob, just a couple more before I let you go. And one of the other things we talk a lot about on this show is all the negative self-talk we do ourselves on the golf course. That seems to be the place we like to beat ourselves up the most. Anytime we hit a bad shot, we're, we're slamming a club into the ground. We're telling ourselves how terrible we are and that sort of thing. Um, talk about how we can do a better job of not beating ourselves up and looking forward to the next shot and leaving the bad one in the rear view. Well, you know, I mentioned it a second ago, and it goes with that question. Listen to how you talk to your friends after a bad hole and ask yourself this question. Why don't I talk to myself like that? You know, if you and I are playing, Chris, you have a bad hole, what am I going to say to you? I'm going to say, hey, buddy, it's okay. One hole or one shot. Give, give You know, let's get up on the next hole and make birdie here. Okay, or, hey, Chris, that's just one shot. Knock this one close. Get this up and down. Okay? We never talk to ourselves like that. We're our own worst cheerleader when we should be our own best cheerleader. And that's just a simple way of thinking about it. Just stop, you know, stop being a garbage man on yourself. I mean, the game's meant to be fun. And one of the, the hard things about it is we play in cart. If you were to go walk again and play, you'd find your decompressed time between shots is so much greater than when you're in a cart. I mean, the ball has barely stopped rolling and you're already up on it again ready to hit the next one. You've had no decompressed time between shots to where 
you're walking and talking to your friends or you notice something or you know, say, oh, wow, that's a, that's a great house over there. I never saw that house before. Or, you know, a, a view you hadn't seen on the course you're playing. Because, you know, golf real estate is some of the most beautiful property on the planet. So that's, you know, that's a couple of the pickles we get in is, is the decompressed time between shots and carts is very, is very limited. And then number two is we don't ever grant ourselves the grace and the courtesy we give our other playing partners. I mean, you'll play with a stranger who will have a bad hole and cheerily harder for him than you will be for yourself. And I think if everybody just kind of took that tack, you'd have more fun on the course. You'd find you'd rebound and play better. Rob, your, uh, your golf school is located on Kelly Plantation uh, Golf Club there in Destin, Florida. Um, talk to our listeners about uh, your golf academy there and the facilities that you have available. Well, we've got a great practice facility, Kelly, Kelly Plantation. We're right on Choctahatchee Bay, so it's a beautiful course, always in great shape, fast green, which everybody loves. The practice facility, we can do anything for your game on the practice facility. So we're a, we're a 365 academy. Um, we have players, you know, that come from all over the country to see us there. You can always learn about the academy at stranogolf.com. Everything's there. You need to know about booking a lesson with me. Um, you could, you can get my, my number to call and, and text me to get with me to find out exactly how we can set our plan to match your game. Social media, I'm on all platforms, whether it's under my name, Rob Strano, or under Strano Golf. You can find me at Instagram, Twitter, and on Facebook, a lot of things on Facebook. And of course, the main thing your listeners need to know that they'll have the most fun with is my TV show, The Golf Kingdom. Because of all the stuff I've done on Golf Channel, I've been asked to host my own golf show. And it's unlike any golf show you'll ever see because it's not a straight golf instruction show where it's boring things one after another. It is the only golf variety show in the world where we have all kinds of guests, fun stuff. It's entertainment. We, we teach with skits and, you know, movie, movie lines, song lyrics. I'll sing. I'll dance. Anything I can to help your game. It's called the golf kingdom. You can find it on Roku and Amazon Fire TV. Go there, download the golf kingdom TV show channel, and you can watch all the past episodes there and have some fun with me. And, um, it's just a lot of fun to be able to do do that stuff and entertain everybody while giving them some stuff to help their game, Chris. Rob, you're fantastic, my friend. Uh, I can't thank you enough for uh, being patient and taking time out of your night to come back and be a part of the show. Always learn something. Always have a good time. And uh, just like you mentioned a moment ago for the Golf Kingdom, it's always a lot of fun because uh, you're a lot of fun, and uh, we learn something every single time you're a part of the show. Thank you for being here. Well, it's always great to be with you. It's the best. You've got the best golf show out there, and it's an honor to be your guest and just get together and you and I, whether whether we're here or up in Atlanta or or on the on the phone together, we have a great time. And thanks for having me again, Chris. Absolutely, Rob. Take care, my friend. Hopefully, we get the opportunity to catch up at the Masters. If not, certainly uh, at Kelly Plantation at some point this spring or summer. Sounds great. Looking forward to it. See you, my friend. Take care. That's the great Rob Strano, S-T-R-A-N-O, and Strano Golf is where you can find him online. And then again, the Golf Kingdom is, you know, Rob talks about being a variety show. When you check it out, and again, go go out there and download it and, and stream it, and you'll, you'll see exactly what we mean. But Rob is going to find a way to, you know, to correlate to what's going on, you know, out, whether it's in the news, whether it's historical or whatnot, to uh, to be able to give you something that's meaningful for what's present now and then uh, tie it into a tip or, or a, a lesson 
it's fantastic stuff and it's a lot of fun. It's uh, it is very much unlike any golf show that you're going to find out there. To Rob's point, it isn't just another, you know, golf in the simulator, golf on the golf course, you know, what you can find on YouTube. He's going to have some fun and he's going to teach you something along the way. And just, you know, some of it is simple stuff, just like you just share, shared with the, with the golf club, right? And then the trajectory piece. And other parts, it's going to be, you know, fixing your putter and making sure that, you know, you, you do a much better job of aiming the putter and you sink more putts. And it's going to be, you know, a chipping lesson. It's going to be an interview with guys like Joe Theismann, who we had on last year. It's always something new and interesting and, and presented in an interesting way that, uh, that you're going to get a real kick out of. Again, it's called the Golf Kingdom. And it's on Roku and it's on Amazon Fire. I can't, I can't encourage you to go out and check it out any more than, 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 uh, than I say. Fantastic show. A lot of fun. And Rob's great. We'll catch up with him hopefully again real soon. All right, folks. It is time for me to put a bow on this very first edition of our seventh season of the show. And I can't thank you enough for, uh, for being a part of it with me. My thanks to Jonathan Yarwood, David Lee, and Rob Strano for joining me tonight. Check out our website next on the net to keep up with what our guest schedule looks like. And you can also stream or download any of our archive episodes. So we link back to our page over with our good friends, podcast.co. Those guys are absolutely outstanding. Been very helpful developing the show with me and, uh, and introducing it into new markets around the world. So I thank them very, very much. You can also uh, find us on uh, all kinds of different uh, podcasting sites. We're on Podbean. We're on Launchpad DM, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Audioboom, Player.fm. You know, so if you've got a favorite podcasting site, you know, you can find us pretty much anywhere. But uh, I can't thank you folks enough for listening and coming back and being part of the show. Until next week, hit him straight, my friends. She's gone. She's gone. Oh, I, oh, I, I better learn how to face it. She's gone. She's gone.